is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Power Stroke Tech Talk podcast. This is podcast number 21. We're getting up there. We have PTT, you know who, Matt, Ryan, Dan, and newcomer Al. And uh, we are just going to sit here and talk about trucks. And I want to first start off letting you guys know who are not able to watch on YouTube uh, or turn their phones off in the background. We are now on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, Amazon, and Podbean. Uh, so far to date right now, we're over we are already over 800 downloads, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, Ooh, round getting, of applause. Round getting, of applause. Getting great uh, comments. Um, Golf club. Uh, everybody likes the the oil conversation between DS and Matt. I think that's the top, I, the top comments what? that I get the most. I'm going to take flack for this. I'm glad we're <laughs> here so we don't have to argue over that. 430 um, gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a drink if somebody says 430 gears. Bottoms up, boys. That was uh that was the podcast twenty. That was the Daddy Diesel. So we want to oh and one more thing. Um, I do have new merch coming out uh shortly here Ooh, in the next guy. few weeks. Uh, I got some current shirts right now, but we got some new boys coming in and do some stickers uh, and some new stickers. So if you guys want to get hooked up, uh, reach out to my email and uh, I'll see if I can facilitate that for you. So to start off, Mister L. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, um, uh, what you're rolling in, what kind of, uh, what kind of real truck, and um, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna roll with it, bruh. Yeah, I guess uh, I'll start off with uh, what I drive. So I currently own a 2000 F250, uh, 4x4 oh, oh, yeah. limited okay. slip rear, 7.3 power stroke, oh. and I recently, uh, actually just two weeks ago, I just put in a built trans um my 4 100 uh quit new year's day right. oh. at 276,000 so it finally run. quit that uh, new year's day so I pulled her out put in a built trans from diesel site so she's got a built trans now Dang. um I got a hydro chip tuner in it um a four inch straight pipe exhaust and uh the nap the napa well it's not a napa filter it's a wix filter but it's the same part number napper filter with an intake to it and that's about it it's stock ish um the previous owner had uh, uh he did have rosewood injectors in it but they they had stiction problems so i pulled them out um and just put in some stock injectors and i'm pretty happy with it with yeah. it is right now hell yeah um it's got a four inch lift on i think i want to say like 33s or 35s okay. i want to say they're not too big but you know it's got some decent sized tires on it um but yeah help that, us paint the picture what what color is it oh red oh okay 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 oh, yeah and it's okay, got a 60 okay. front end as well oh, um so oh, if you're okay. to take a look at the truck you think it's a 60 what'd you do to it with just a grill and, and lights and mm -hmm. all that all yeah all oh yeah it, it looks and just like a 60 hell yeah that's cool, Yo, that's cool. is that the 0506 or the 04 um, I want to say it's like an 0607 clip. Um, so Light it's one? got the chrome, it's got the chrome grill and everything. Okay, okay sweet. The big, okay. the big okay. thick boys in the front. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, bigger, right. thicker grill lines. Not like the, uh, the new I've seen on other six O's when they're thinner. Yeah. No, it's the thick ones. You can do a front, front of the frame Ooh, swap on those thick. too. Yeah, right. On, uh, coil springs. Yeah, I, I've heard of that. Um, I know that uh, people chopped off the frame from a six to swap over coil springs. I heard on the OBS oh, trucks, yeah, they put a, wow. a bracket 
you can get a bracket and then swap in your coil springs and all that from a six liters. Wondering if that was possible for super duty. I've yet to uh, hmm. look into that. That's interesting. If anybody in the comments or anybody in the comments, anybody uh, out there listening, um, I know there's gotta be somebody. Have you guys ever heard of that? Let us know or let Al know. Um, we'll, uh, cause I'd be really curious. Cause if somebody's got, you know, just something that you're talking about, like, well, if it's rotted out and you had a truck that was wrecked in the back or something, like how would you donate that quarter half or whatever, you know, right there, probably at the K member, they probably chop that off or something. I don't know. Oh, you just, torch the rivets out air hammer them out whole front clip just yep. pull straight out there's a lot of yeah, guys I sold a guy I sold a guy, I sold a guy a front half of a frame the other day oh no kidding oh wow yeah just chopped the frame and he took the whole whole thing with the axle and he's gonna go weld it on his truck hell huh. yeah no kidding it was pretty easy just two torch marks yeah. and that was it is your truck a, a crew cab um, I have an extended cab. Oh, okay. Is that a long bed or short? Uh, I believe it's a short bed, six and a half foot. Okay, yep. so you got a shorty truck down. Yep. Ooh, that's so did the Super Duty have you don't see a lot. the uh, 2000? Because I had a 98 F-150 and I had a Super Cab, but it only had three doors. Hmm. You got four doors? You got three doors. I, I have I have uh, I have four doors, so I have the two front doors, and then I can once I open the front doors, I can open the Both other sides. doors to yeah to, to my extended cab yeah yeah no I couldn't do my my ninety eight so maybe two thousand they started doing that but maybe I think so in that. but you had like the mail delivery version or something I don't know it was just they didn't have the fourth door behind it good truck good truck I don't want to bad bad mouth it never left me uh never left me hanging was a truck i had since hike school billy and um yeah i went from a 98 to a 2020 and it was like freaking warp speed so that's, that's a big jump it was a five speed so i was you know start you know had 100 miles on it and pull up to a light find myself putting the clutch in i was like well what the shit i don't even got a clutch or i go to turn the key off and it's got push button so that was i think the biggest thing to get used to was Dude, like pulling up you... and Every time I drive, I a, every time I drive a stick, I just think when I was younger, my dad had this like '70s Fiat Spider, right? The starter oh. would always go out, so we'd have to like. Remember, yeah. he'd put me in that thing, and we'd find a, like you know a decent hill. He'd push it, and he'd be like, "All right, I'll pop the clutch," <laughs> and then we'd be driving. <laughs> he'd. Be, He's like, you know what they say, Matt? If you can't find them, just grind them. <laughs> so every time I'm driving my focus around, I'm just like, oh, <clears throat> just find them. Don't grind them. Hey, smoke them if you got them. Light them boys up. Yeah, I haven't, uh, haven't had a, I think the last stick truck I drove was a six liter, like F550 utility body with a crane on it i think the last one i drove was a 650 it was like a month ago 650 with a cat speed and an eaten behind it yeah Yeah, and an eaten really dude you want to talk about a dog of a truck what year was it Uh, probably like 2013 really huh 2015 we got a 04 650 with the cat and Allison. You want to talk about a dog? Dude, they don't. I 
if I were to buy one of those, I'd probably go with the six liter in the that's a, that's our tow truck, and I mean, yeah, it's you don't go anywhere in a hurry. It's like, jeez, the Cummins and the Cats they put in those things. What they make all of like a hundred horsepower. Ours is a. Uh... 230 tune i think in our cab they're all blow no go they're just loud and clattery as all can be (laughs) the only big boy i got on there was a uh it was uh what was that thing i did a video on it i think it was like a 04 or 05 f650 or 750 and it had a vt365 in it and I wound up having to replace the exhaust back pressure sensor, I think. Is that that we'll, video that you had? Yeah, we'll put a link in there in the description of what one we're talking about. But yeah, the, was that, um, that was that EBP sensor. Yeah, it was a no computer. We didn't have uh, the medium duty truck software to, you know, hook up to it in the, the nine yeah. pin. So it was kind of, Oh yeah. I remember that. Remember one. that? It's like, hmm, let's unplug this thing. Yeah. And see what so happens. Let's, <laughs> let's go for a ride. Um, I actually got, a, hey, I got an idea. You get what? Oh, I was about to say, I got a question about your guys experience with those cats and those, uh, coming six fifties and seven fifties. Um, I, I don't have too much of experience with the caterpillar, uh, six fifties, seven fifties, but I've dealt with some of the cat, uh, Cummins ones. And one problem I've ran into was getting service information from Cummins. Um, and I have no access to it at all. I was wondering, have you guys ever dealt with that problem of just a lack of service information from Cummins and a lack of support? We don't touch them. No. We literally will tell customers, yep. if, you have, if you have a drive line, if you have like a, you know, a drivability concern, and they're like, uh, can you work out my uh, 650 or 750 medium duty truck? And we're like, what powertrain does it have in it? Um, it's got the Ford one, and they lie, and you hear that clattery ass cat pull in. <laughs> I've literally, we've looked at them, we're like, you can go take it to the cat dealership, but they're expensive. Well, we're going to be 10 times as more because we're just going to be pissing in the wind. Yep. <laughs> wow. No, we won't, unless it's got a Ford powertrain in it, we won't touch them. Yeah, we, we got done doing that too. It was just like it was more of a pain in the butt dealing with either the Cummins Insight program or having to, you know, submit for warranty. I mean, I never did it. Well, it's like you heard him infrequently work on that stuff. So it's like every time you have to contact hotline, get a Nets login, do this, do that. And it's like, it's just more of a pain. So it's like break stuff. We'll work on it because we still have like the Webco software, but it's not worth it for us. Right. Let someone else deal with it. Nets, gosh, I haven't used Nets in so long. That was with the LCF too. LCF is another. Uh, I got a couple LCF videos that were good ones, but that's another non-scan tool uh, uh, diagnostics because there's nothing. Just pretend it's a six O. What do you need a six O to run? And that's kind of yeah. It, it is the the LCF motor is a you know six I mean? liter with two cylinders deleted from what i understand it was yeah. actually intended to go in the f-150s but that, that just was? never oh, happened Christ. yeah it, it was <laughs> supposed to go in the f-150s that i can confirm um but it ended up going into those little box trucks that they're in now Garbage. like literally international was like what could we possibly do to make an engine worse than the six liter and the six four <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's no marry them together 
let's make a four or five. We're going to cut two cylinders off and we're going to put comp. We're going to put, you know, twin turbos on it. I will say <laughs> I've never had to do, I've never done anything in the interior. I've always done engine work and having the only cab that actually flips forward. It wasn't really all that bad to work on. It was just, if you're going to make everything else use IDS, why in the hell can't we use IDS for this? Why has this got to be some different international J Deutsch? We don't, don't man, come on. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting on that one to come in and it yeah. dies hot after like 30 minutes. So we'll see if there's junk in the IPR or uh, worst case scenario. The base think, pump is uh, uh, pooping itself. I think uh, I just got a comment. Action! It was actually a really good one um, to talk about because I think it affects uh, me. It's going to affect uh, my level customers. It's going to affect the aftermarket customers, and it's going to be a trickle effect from the supreme top of, in this case, would be Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. Why can we not get Hearts. What oh, is yeah. the deal? I'm tired Dude, of getting the COVID. Like, I want to know what's what's going on. Like, well, I just talked it, about that yesterday. It's everyone. Yeah, yeah. It, it's is it lack of of help? Is it people generally sick? Are they cutting staff because they want to be social distanced? Or like, I mean, it is so bad to even order parts and then, for instance, we have a or had a. Uh, a bigger, a 65750 mm-hmm. giant truck that needed a motor waiting on back order parts. It was the turbo. Couldn't get a turbo. And then we couldn't get a valve crank kit. And then we couldn't get this. And then this. And then the blah, 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 blah. They had $21,000 in rental Jeez. costs and truck payments. All be- And then on top of the warranty repair, I'm oh, like, man. this is just incredible. I can't, I don't even know what to say about that. We got my boy Farley, who I would really love to totally talk to, um, uh, not, not, not on podcasts, just one-on-one social distance. Just, I, I want to help the blue oval. I want to help the Ford family save as much money as possible. But some of the things that we have going on, I mean, I know it's hard to change thing and implement change and you want to see and want to do, but making that a reality is sometimes I mean, very hard. I think but in the I times, mean, I think in the times we're in right now, uh, they just need to put out a broadcast message or Ford needs to just suck it up and say, you know what, if it's something like an exhaust manifold gasket and it looks fine and the things on back order, just reuse it, man. Cause like we have, we have seven threes that like, we'll get an engine two days later. The exhaust manifold gaskets are on intergalactic back order until like WTF Christmas of next year. Oh man. Right. I actually can't speak a little to that. Um, I do know for a fact, a lot of Ford's uh, suppliers, a lot of their factories were shut down due to COVID. A lot of people don't want to come into work. So a lot of those suppliers that supply us, uh, supply Ford with parts or they're just not operational, so that's yeah, the biggest the, problem they're dealing with. The yeah, I guess I can understand that. Is yeah. jacked up right now. Yeah, and then it's just, you know, it's awful, man. Right. I guess. Yeah. I guess the most. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I guess the most important thing 
or the most hardest thing is to to convey that to the customer yes not that i'm not going to get paid until the job's done that's besides right. the point but dude right. just dropped off his eighty thousand dollar truck and right. i can't deliver a repair to him because of this back order part i have the same truck and i would feel for him i'm on this side of the fence it's like how you you, you start the conversation hoping positively that you know he's going to understand and da 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 but some dudes just don't want to hear it and it's fix my effing truck and this and that. And it's like, I just give them the customer sorry. care number at that. Yeah, I was about to fault. say, did you, did you involve the CRC at all? <laughs> I just give them, I just give them. No, the phone it's number. just, it, you know, when you go to him or go to a, a client and, and, and say, well, you know, this part's going to be back order for some time. It's, you know, oh my, you know, there's nothing we can you know, do. The first point of like contact. I, it's not like I don't want to not work on your truck. I'm not getting paid until your truck's gone. I know, so, I know. No, it's a it's a supply chain thing. And the other thing you have to people have to remember is those suppliers have to supply for it first for whatever they need it for. So if it's an engine component and it's a current engine they're building, they have they can't make cars or make service part engines for us to throw in something if they don't have it. So it's kind of a problem. Like EGT sensors were on back order. Oh my goodness. Well, then that means they have to shut down the line for making DPFs or whatever. So then what's up with that? Them. Yeah. Are they going to not make six sevens now? Yeah. So then it's like they have to supply themselves before they can supply their suppliers that supply dealerships. And it's just. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The all the manufacturers are dealing mess. with it. There's no way around. I don't even, it. I don't even know where to begin to, to say. Yeah, COVID, COVID's not been fun. No, not at all. Um, it's definitely slowed down getting service done, getting parts. It's just not been not fun. Not at all. Unbelievable. Oh, well, well my customer, around. you know, he, he needs a turbo for a 17 F550. Yeah, good luck. And, it's, it's on back order until May. Oh, I'm, I'm aware. They our, our dealership told us even longer than that. It's in for a more warranty motor, but it needs a turbo too. Um, and they say maybe up to a year. Oh, geez. And That's the wild. problem is, is I can go buy an aftermarket turbo, but they're not even going to put the engine in until they have the turbo. Yeah. So my customer's truck that we just sold him is, he hasn't even driven it yet and it's still sitting there. Oh, man. Bummer. But just like, just like everybody, you know, you just spent, you know, a lot of money on an F five fifty Larry at work truck, and there it sits. Oh man, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, it is <laughs> what it is. I but uh... you know, I mean, you know, luckily he doesn't really have truck payments on it. But for all the guys that are out there that are paying, you know, over a mm-hmm. grand a month for their work trucks, mm-hmm. they still have to pay for them, even though they mm-hmm. don't use them. Mm-hmm. and the insurance and everything else yeah that's rough plus the lost you know lost income at that point right because that's your money maker and at the end of oh, the day man. Adds, adds up quick right oh yeah it's uh i think i think um out of all of the clients that we serve 
uh, with a lot of fleets and, and whatnot, but I think there's still a good, good percentage of uh, small companies, not mom and cop, cop mom and pop, uh, but just like medium companies, uh, half dozen trucks, um, and maybe not medium, I mean, smaller companies. Uh, but you know, those are the ones who take, you know, the real big hit. If, uh, like, uh, uh, real, uh, like Joel dude's got, you know, a small handful of trucks. One of my buddies, um, he's got that kind of a, a landscape company and he has a six, four and a six, seven, and he needed a brand new engine in his six, seven. And you guys know what that is. Everything that you're going to need to do, turbo and engine, it was almost 20 grand. It was like $19,000 or something. That kind of hit on a company like that, it's like, you know, that's... It's, it's a game changer. That's a money maker. Like, what do if you do? A bankruptcy well, kind of deal. Exactly. And that's like, like a, that's a multi-part thing with like that because like a company like his with five trucks, you can't afford for a truck you know, you have to have every vehicle being, you know, doing some type of work every day. And so when you take that, that out of the equation, I mean, it screws up with employees, with work you've already committed to. That's a huge plans. A plans you've already had made. Yeah. Cause you had to use the truck to go do this job or something. I mean, and I've seen it with guys, especially like Mm. in this business that when that happens, some of them will, you know, they have to stick their neck out and maybe buy another truck just because of the commitments it's yeah it it is rough i mean unlike like a big company like some of these national like tree companies you know they have that happen all the time and it's really they don't seem to miss a beat but Mm. now they're even huge landscape companies you guys know the ones i'm talking about this yeah 100 trucks like holy cow what's it to them if uh the ones that'll sit at your work for a year oh my goodness yeah (laughs) right do you guys i mean do you guys have customers that are just like relentless like their top priority no matter what yeah but um, kind I, th- of not really. I, I think like at this point i could confidently say we're a month out and there are those relentless customers that are like you need to work on my you need to look at my truck today and you need to fix it today and they'll go i mean we're a corporate company they'll go straight to the top and complain it's every it's every industry though because those are the people that think that they're the only person like that matters they don't understand how how the how everything works i see it all the time frustrating we just had some lady do that the other day and it's just like no i don't have time to look at your whatever she just wanted us to put everything down and look at her car and it's just like no you can be like everybody else and make an appointment your car's not going to blow up. I guess that's another really, I don't know if this happens with you guys at your stores, shops, whatever. Does an appointment mean it's an appointment for you to look at it and fix it? Or does an appointment oh, mean it's, it's for you to drop your vehicle off and we'll, we should be able to get to it in the next couple days. It depends on what I set up with our customers. Mm. If I tell them, yep, we'll get it in, you know, we'll look at it and we'll go from there. Or, you know, if they give us enough information, we know what it is. I'm like, well, yeah, drop it off at this time and we'll get it. Yeah. I mean, you got big job. Like that's the other thing about working on trucks is there's like not really any such thing as like a light repair. 
right? No. Like most stuff is heavy line and it's going to take time. I have a rule of thumb that it's a straight up real talk. I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you. All right. I'm keeping it. This is keeping it real. If you have a diesel and you're going to drive it in to get a repair done, be prepared to spend a thousand dollars. At least if you have a diesel and you have to tow it in, Oh yeah. You better have a thousand dollars to start. Oh yeah. And I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm literally, that's, if you were to say, Hey, how much is it going to be in my truck? Well, if you're driving in or you're towing it in. Okay. Well, this is this, and this is this, and it would be a first seven, three, it'd be for a six. Oh, it'd be for a six, four. It'd be for LCF. It'd be for a three. Oh, it'd be for a Puma. It'd be for six, all of them. It, I, no, no, no bull, bullshit. It, say you need an exhaust sensor. 450 bucks then i'm have to do a regen and then labor and just you're at 800 right now so i think some people sorry are shocked when you go and tell them like oh my god if you can barely afford the truck like the payments i i don't want to see your face when you get that bill for service well, the video I just made for the the, the mirror might as mod, well just sell the thing. The for the mirror mod, uh, dudes are complaining in the comments. I can't believe that's for sixty five dollars for something that should be five dollars and fit in your pocket and have a flashlight right. so you can see. I'm like, come on, bro. I, I hate you, to sound like an asshole, you me, man. You're gonna really? have to bleep this out. Then do really? it your fucking self. Then well, no, figure it out yourself. <laughs> you're driving an eighty thousand dollar truck and you're bitching about sixty five dollars. Like, bro, are you serious? Well, no, you're it's like, like, do you do you Dude, want me to mail boy, it to you for boy free? Rich went in there and did all the work uh, for him. He, he did all he the hard work, the time to do it all. Oh my god, yeah. If you're going to say that's too much money, you know what? Do it yourself. Yeah. Go, go wire it up yourself and do Wait, your, you make mean your own fuel plugs. filters are going to cost me $200 every time I need to do my fuel filters on my diesel. Yep. Every other oil change. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And your $70,000 truck. I, well, how much are the fuel filters? $110. Like I don't add it. It comes across deal. as like, you're just a pleb tech and you'll never be able to afford this. So you'll never know. It's like, no, I realize how much this stuff costs, but don't, don't buy the expensive truck and complain when it's expensive. Oh my gosh. It. Yep. Or, or, or back to oil dudes. Dudes are complaining about changing it. Like, I don't understand what's the big deal is changing the oil, bro. You just bought an $80,000 truck. Just change your fucking oil. No, I like just people change, that, change that oil. complain that get over it, that ball joints, that tie rods, any suspension component, U joints don't last long, but they're too cheap and too lazy to grease them i get to really extend the life uh, of those u-joints if you were to grease them absolutely because i can rack up a three thousand dollar parts bill in brakes and suspension real quick if you don't take care of your truck oh yeah you kidding me two g's boom you want an alignment like if you want just ford if you want fomoco brake components or we'll say motorcraft components. You want pads and rotors for front and rear and hub seals. That's like what, 1500 bucks. Oof. So you can let your truck sit there and just rot away if you want. 
You don't have to clean it. You don't have to grease it. I'll be happy because I'm making all sorts of money, but don't people, complain about it. People just need to know and accept the fact <laughs> they need to use the best parts on the best truck. So don't skip out. And don't please, please do not come to the dealership and ask for aftermarket <laughs> stuff. Yeah, no, that's a who come on. Really? Because I don't I don't want to have to do really? like ball joints or you know, whatever on your truck every six months to a year. No, because you know what happens is and if for you the love aftermarket of, parts, love you're going to have to stop using those Moog hubs and wheel bearings. Oh, come on. Well, I'm mm, like a 550. Well, maybe a 550, but we get the customers. Well, I can go on Rock Auto and get it for, get a ball joint for $5 a piece. All right. Well, go ahead. Well, go ahead. <laughs> we did that on a guy's. We did that on a guy's. He, at the time, we didn't align vehicles before we did alignments. I think he made it to the shop, and they were already junk by the time he drove it ten miles. Wow. Well, they were loose already. He bought the cheapest ones on Rock Auto. You know what's hold the vehicle? You know what's real cheap when you get a Moog track bar ball joint. You put it in your 2019. F-350, and it's an oversized one. And huh? you go to put a Ford one in, and you only want Ford parts, and it doesn't fit. So now you have to buy an axle housing. Hmm. So that $35 Oof. aftermarket ball joint just cost you like $3,000. And there's no way to fix that either. No, it, dude, the... I don't know if it was just, I think, I don't know if all of Moog's track bar ball joints are oversized. I don't know. You know, popped it out for whatever. I don't know. Maybe they pulled the wrong part or whatever from whoever this person got their parts from, but. Wow. Go to drop the FOMO co one in it. Ding, da, ding, da, ding, da, ding, da, ding. Yikes. Then the customer wants you to weld it in there. Get lost. Get lost. No way. Come on. Get lost. Wow. Well, did it. Get lost, Sam. Sam, I am. Sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. I once had someone want me to weld outer axle bearings in on a 8.8 on a, uh, on a Lincoln Town car because it had spun the bearings. Hmm. Oh, that needs an axle. I went to put the new ones in and they just like kind of went in there. <laughs> We're not doing that. I drove two cool things this last past week. Yeah, well, work. I drove one of those cool things before you. So, and uh, well, actually, uh, three things cool uh, happened. Um, <clears throat> I was able to. Uh, I'll put a link here uh, in the description uh, for her. I'm going to get her on the podcast. I did a um, a little film skit with the dealership. Um, you can check us out at billbarnford.net. Um, and we did it with, uh, at, we did it with that 1320 chick. Um, I'll put her Instagram uh, link up there and did a little thing about GT 500, do a little walk around what I do to PDI it. And uh, then later in the week, I was able to drive for the first time a Mach E and it was the best one. It was the, the all wheel mm. drive one. Was it first edition? 
I don't know. How do you tell? I think so. It was the first one we got right on it. I wasn't paying attention. The door was already open, so I didn't get to hit the button. They're like, oh, yeah, hit the button, open the door. I'm like, I don't know. The door was already open. I just got in. (laughs) I don't know. Um, It was pretty sweet. Definitely. I like the way that those things get shipped. I haven't even seen it. Uh, I think we talked about this on the last one that I was on. They're made in Mexico, and they get shipped up on train cars. Hmm. Did we, yeah, I think maybe we saw it. We were talking about that. But the biggest thing, well, I mean, the Maki, I guess that's pretty cool. But the biggest thing. No, that's cool. Was I got to drive and work on and film a million mile, over million mile, 13 platinum 350 single rear wheel. Wow. Uh, I was pretty blown away. This is one of my subscribers, <clears throat> uh, Andrew. He actually drove up from New Mexico. I uh, was pretty stoked about it. Uh, he dropped a couple loads, uh, does hot shotting, goes from coast to coast, uh, puts a ton of miles on his truck a week. Uh, his maintenance book is like a Bible. Uh, I was, I was. I was blown away with the condition of the truck. looked looked very good. He took takes very good care of it. Uh, car washing it type uh, worthiness. Um, so it is from New Mexico. So there is no freaking rust on it. I'm underneath it and I'm looking under the bed and I'm like, oh my god, are you freaking kidding me? Like I, I can take this thing apart with hand tools. Like I, I, I don't. You don't see trucks like that up here. So it was really cool to just see all the fasteners and and you know, just inspecting the truck over. Um, I had to do a sync update. It had the very first version of sync, never been updated. Oof. Did a APIM sync update. He could definitely tell the difference with connectivity and maps and just the overall layout. So I was definitely His uh, truck happy constantly for that. thinks he's like driving through the woods <laughs> or something half the yeah. time. Um, you put a group. new map SD in it? Nope, nope, nope. I think he had already did that prior thinking that that was going to fix it and it didn't because okay. he just needed to get his thing updated. Um, but his parquet didn't work. Uh, the, a connector had come undone. Um, and I reconnected that. I have never seen an oil leak from a 6.7. Matt, this is a first. I don't know if this is a first for you. An oil leak coming from the oil dipstick indicator. The indicator had no O-ring on it. Hmm. There was oil. Oil dipstick indicator? Yeah, like you pull the oil dipstick indicator out, and there's like a little tiny O-ring like right under the loop. Also on the dipstick itself. Why don't you just call it the dipstick? Well, I mean... That's the indicator thing. With your dipstick. He's using forward proper terms. Yeah, I'm just trying to okay. explain to what you're pulling out and why is the coming down. out of there. Well, it just had yes. the 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 crankcase pressures, the crankcase yeah. CCV stuff. Oh well, yeah, the O-ring is gone. Yeah, and I couldn't believe that. So it was just all saturated down, like right underneath this area and all over the CAC tube and. Dude, just going down favorite, all over the place. That's my favorite thing about a six liter. You go to pull the dipstick out. Oh, and the little collar just stays there. <laughs> yep. Boop. We have those in stock. We it's kind of funny. <laughs> Dude said he replaces his headlights and fog lights every year, paints his bumper every year. Not a bad hmm. deal. He's had two sets 
of drive line U joints, three four by four mm-hmm. sets of hub lockouts. He says he gets 150, 156 ish thousand miles out of a set of tires. The Michelin's that I'm bitching about. Well, hold on, hold on. Wait, you what? can't. No, you can't. You can't use that as a comparison. If he's a hot shot, I, I know, but that's crazy though. Um, what else did he say? He's had 12 windshields. Hmm. He's on his fourth turbo. He's went through four radiators, one OE and four Mishimoto's. And the Mishimoto in here is leaking right now. So he's got to get a new radiator. Typical. Uh, What else did he say? Uh, Four alternators, three belts. Um, Was it really the alternator, though? I mean, I yeah. He I mean, said he had to place it in the parking lot. Alternators. So that was that's news to me. It's usually just the harness. He said at 800,000 miles, he, he, he flushed and changed over from orange to the yellow. About okay. a month ago, he replaced the transmission in the transfer case. Oh, wow. Had both front seats re leathered and re foamed. Um, cluster says 9999999.9 he's got to use his trip b to take 10,000 mile increments and then he records it clears it goes another 10,000 miles records it did you hook ids up to it uh yeah what did the mileage read out uh it wasn't there because he's deleted so i don't know i don't know that just didn't show up but yeah, it's been deleted since 98,000 miles. So like, you know, 1.2 million miles ago. Um, two sets of brakes, two sets of batteries. I was, yeah, whatever. That's oh, he the original changes. motor? Yeah, original motor, never been opened. Really? Original fuel 13. system. Yep. No Wait, valve so cover you're... gaskets, no upper oil pans. Really? No lower, nothing. Really? Not for him. No That's impressive, I, dude. I, think, I, I couldn't I believe it. I would think man. at eight years old. Is my math correct? I don't know. Whatever. Um, at that age, I would think that front cover gasket would turn to plastic. I don't know. He got no oil leaks, except for what I what I was fixing up top. Right. He changes the oil every eight thousand. He changes the oil and the fuel filters every eight thousand miles, and uses a stanodyne. Uh, fuel additive and a Lucas oil additive. There's a secret. Okay. And uh, he gets it uh, analyzed uh, every oil change. Yep. And what else did he say? Been in one minor accident where uh, somebody like cut him off and the trailer like uh, started swaying and it hit the back of the tailgate. So it was never like, you know, frame bent front end smashed right um dude that cat is just all about you right now <laughs> yeah she does this all the time at work too so she's relentless she just needs my attention <laughs> <laughs> oreo do you want to say hi say hi to aaron oreo no. oreo aaron's no. right there no oh yeah no? yeah no? Okay. <laughs> give the camera the money shot <laughs> Yeah, pretty cool. 
I think uh, it would be really sweet if uh, Ford Motor Company reached out to him or uh, uh, myself or the dealer to, I don't know, do uh, take the motor apart, skid on it or something. I mean, I think that is something to be said about mm. the best engine right now. 10 year anniversary this year, guys. I'm in the middle of making my video right now as we speak. I'm covering all years, all variations of my favorite number one, the six, seven power stroke um, from 11 to current model year. We're going to go over all of them. It's going to be a great video. I'm excited. Um, this is produced in-house at Ford. It's made, designed. It's no international. We're not dealing, we're dealing with real, this thing went a million miles. It's a 10 year anniversary. That is something to be said because everything that we see out here, we got fire trucks, we got uh, tow trucks, landscapers, first responders, bucket trucks, everything, reefer trucks. They're taking the commerce and they're going from point A to point B and it has the blue oval on it. What's in it? The six, seven. And what we talk about all the time is maintenance and oil. This guy with this 13 Platinum is without a doubt living testament of dudes are buying $80,000 trucks. May that not have been that price back in 13, but just take care of it. Stop your hee-haw. Not saying do exactly what this guy's doing, but you guys need to be up on it all the time for longevity i mean these guys unless you're rolling in dough but then you wouldn't be driving a super duty you're not replacing these things every two or three years if you're buying it as your personal mm -hmm. truck maybe they're uh maybe i mean they don't care because they're not going to keep it that long or that i mean that's kind of silly making i don't know maybe they know a they gino at a month payment they, and just trashing it Maybe they know they can't truly afford the truck. Well, some people don't appreciate some stuff. Some people, I don't know. Some people do. Or other, it's a work truck and hey, it's not their truck. So what does that mean if it's not my truck? Work on, <laughs> a, work, work on a lot of those. <laughs> not your truck, not your problem. That's the, exactly had a, right. Had or a $1,600 you got a, repair and a guy made an example of because he kept throwing shit on the dash and it all fell down into the HVAC case. Um, it only blows out the panel vent, and I pulled out like literally a handful, handful of change. Enough of, for like, repair. No, Ooh. dude, not full <laughs> fishing lures. I, it might have been Ryan's man. truck if there were fishing lures in it. But, like, yeah, send those to me, please. Ooh. No, though, I was like, so. Got dried um, fish guts. I can't the company, use your new the company, The customer was like, um, his boss was like, you need to bag all that up for us. And give it to us because we're going to make an example out of him. What? And the thing is, the guy didn't care. He's like, huh. yeah, I throw all my shit on there. And it's like, wow. yeah, um, yeah, that wasn't cheap for me to yank the dash out and split the case apart and fish everything out of there. Yeah, see if you still have a job at the end of it. Good story with that, Rye. You can link this one for us. The I had the same thing come in, just like uh, Matt was saying. 350, a uh, work truck, Tons of shit on the dash. And he was complaining about the reverse lights would go on by themselves intermittently. So, um, I'm 
Like, like how you... do you know that? Because those, those those are your reverse lights. Like, do you got eyes in the back of your head? Or Some something? somebody would tell. I, I told him, I guess. At the... at them. Like, I thought you were trying to back into me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what I wound up fi- finding, I have titled it "Reverse Light Plinko." Oh and what had happened is this was a, a work truck, so base XL, you know, ain't got nothing. If you're underneath the dash on the passenger side by the BCM, okay, you got the BCM. And if you go up, you know, you're going upside of the A pillar, you got right on the side of the heater case, right behind the glove box. You can see the, the firewall, you know, you can see the ground lugs. There's this connector that is a female and no, I'm sorry, male. So I got a cavity that's here. A a coin had ting 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 and fallen right into this connector, and it was a dime. So it actually fell like down into the shell of the connector, and I don't know how or what way, but my light had caught the shininess of the coin, and I'm like, what the hell? And I wound up getting my Christmas tree clipper and popped it off the outcome a coin. Well, finding what that connector was, was a reverse circuit for another truck harness. I don't know what, what it went to, but it had a reverse light circuit in it. And the thing leaned this way, the lights came on. And then it leaned this way, and then the lights didn't come on. And then he'd lean this way, and then the lights would come on. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And I did a good shot in the in the video. Uh, you guys can see just the tip of the coin just barely sticking up right between the pins. Like, that was the oddest thing besides things that they come in for with the just blowing out the panel. How did my reverse lights just intermittently go on? This little coin. It's because you use scotch locks. On I tell you. Put on. That's why. That scotch locks. No scotch locks here. Mm-mm. Those are always good concerns. Customer states wired headlights do not work. You look and like the harness is all hacked to hell and they got wire nuts. Oh, well, wire nuts. We're or just little splicers. <laughs> yeah, I they think they got scotch knots. Scotch locks. Yeah, wire nuts. I think RVs. T taps. Dude, I, watched it. I don't know if I've talked about this before. The way RVs are built and put together, holy shit. Al, which is your favorite one? F53 or F59 chassis? Don't lie. Investments. Don't lie to me. Which one's which one's your favorite? Come on. Um <laughs> I'm gonna go with the F350 chassis. <laughs> Yeah, they all suck to work on, though, just depending on the body. I guess the FedEx ones. I guess those could be worse, but... Have you looked at the 2020 uh, straight frames? The what? Like the F-59s? Like the Amazon ones? No, 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 no. Like any, you know, step van. Yeah, what about Like them? the 2020s. Mm. I don't think they... I've got one yet. What's the word I'm looking for? They galvanized the frame on them now. Nice. Really? Like, it's everything silver under there. That's cool. That's smart. 
Hmm. What is? You look at them U-Haul trucks, they're all, or even the trailers, they're all galvanized. They're still running trailers from the 80s, not a speck mm-hmm. of rust on them. Hmm. I've been well, getting a lot of the new Amazon uh, delivery stepside vans with the seven threes in them. Hmm. I didn't know that Amazon was running those yet. Lots of them. Well, just over here. Do you have any radiator issues with those? No. Oh, I seen one guy put one in. That was probably me. No, at, at my shop. Oh, I was going to say, I put one in. What else did we have? Oh. Oh. Those have pinion seal problems on them. Mm. Hmm. There was, a, that, yeah. there was a batch of pinion seals that supposedly got out, and they didn't put the retaining spring on them. Or the spring would fall out and go oh, through no. the rear end. Oh, boy. Because Yikes. one of the guys I work with had a, uh, it was for a bakery. They have a bunch of these things. And I think all three of their 2020s they had bought, we had to put pinion seals in. All three of them got called back, which obviously they'd know there's a problem then, but. You know it's really a problem when they don't call a part back. Huh. Well, you wouldn't know that anyway. Why? Well, I mean, if you give it back to parts, like parts isn't going to tell you like, oh, yeah, they didn't call this part back. Well, no. See, we hold on to our parts um, in our own little area. And then our parts manager comes over. He's like, hey, do you have this. Where is this? Because it's they're calling it back. Really? How long do you keep them and then get rid of it? Month. No shit. From the date the repair is closed out. Mm. Okay, cool. okay, okay, okay. I can feel you. Because, I mean, sometimes I'll hold on to stuff because either it's be leaking and it's nasty as you know what, or like, hey, I could take that bottom end off of it and like, if they don't call it back, I could use that on another part to make one or something just to rob Peter to pay Paul. If I couldn't get half of this, I could make it one with another piece or something engine cores i'd be robbing fasteners oh right i could feel you just in case you like drop one because like Mm -hmm. you really think i'm gonna have an upper oil pan bolt just sitting around in case one decides to you know down into a drain without me looking like let me get let me get one of them long ones let me get one of those two long ones up front i always put those ones in first Oh, yeah. Yeah, those ones, I think having somebody will... I hate to say it now, but I prefer doing them on the aluminum trucks. Why? Just because I'm more inclined to roll the engine over and I can, like, or, you know, lean it on its side, I can get to everything so much easier. Do you jack the engine up before you... Well, no. No, Before I pull the pan off? No, I just leave it leaned over. Even after I pull the pan off, I still leave the socket under the engine mount, which oh yeah sucks because any fluid that's in there is just going to continuously like want to drip. But that's why you let the thing sit in there overnight. No, I just pull out my uh, fire hose of a sure shot and just go to town. Oh, like you take the tip off of it and do it that? No, I drilled my tip out. For real? Like the uh-huh. small one, you just drilled out even more to just get a bigger, like. Oh yeah, all the brake clean. I got, I got it. That's I'm a sure good you know. idea. 
No, you. I can drain that can in like three seconds. If <laughs> I really want to. <laughs> That's awesome. No, dude, it's seriously like a fire hose. I kind of want to get one of those. Oh, snap. Someone in that TikTok was like, RIP bearings. And I'm like, dude, what? Why would it kill the bearings? It ain't going to do nothing. Yeah, it might get some oil out of the journals and everything, but guess what happens the second you start it? Yeah, check that out. As soon as you crank that thing, it's not going to make oil pressure in on like five seconds, 10 seconds. It's going to be making it now. Once that old gyroder starts spinning, we're building base oil pressure, baby. Hell yeah. I got a question for you guys. Rattle it um, off. It seems like you guys have a lot of experience with deleted versus non-deleted 6.7s. Um, so my experience with the non-deleted 6.7s, I see intake manifolds get plugged up with uh, carbon all the time. Yet I had one tech uh, tell me, I think I, when I was talking to him, he was out of Arizona. Um, he told me that he had a truck that was highway driven and it was fully stocked with emissions, EGR, DPF, SCR, the whole shebang. And he said there was not a lick of carbon in the intake manifolds. Have you guys ever heard of this? I, I was shocked it. when I heard that. It'd be a couple trucks that, that are like that. Yeah. I mean, you're not really running EGR that much when you're on the highway and you're running for hell all the time. I, oh, I yeah. I feel the trucks that the dudes who oh, I'm going to baby the sizzle, I'm going to keep this. Oh, meh, meh. Those are the dudes <laughs> that the shit's just caked. They idle that truck caked. all day too. Oh yeah, no. The utility companies we do work for, caked. anytime one of their trucks come in, I'm just like, it's it's we already know what it's here for with the check engine light on. I literally won't even look at them. I'll just Put up my oh, parts rack. EGR we should play cooler. A game. Name that code. Trucks coming in. We should take bets. Replacing the bet. Oh, I'm thinking it's oh. Come on, come on, come on. We're gonna give one truck. That's what we should do. Get a truck. It's got a problem. Play a clip. All right. Let's give us your best diagnosis over the airwaves. What do we got? That'd be a fun game. That would be awesome. I've had one customer. One customer with the tank heater concern that actually noticed it really mm. said yeah check engine lights on and it seems like it's slightly down on power oh yeah most people won't realize that they're derated like 30 percent. so that, you're talking about derate without the light on right well no i mean the light will be on but like you know a lot of concerns it'll only derate it like it won't derate at all, or it only derate at like what ten percent. See, I've had in my eleven, I've had cut power when I ran out of def, but the dash didn't tell me I was out of def. I just knew it. because oh. I'd start pulling hills, and there's just like, well, there's nobody home, and I went and filled up the def, and you know, I got a mile down the road, and all of a sudden, the power came back. It's like, oh crap. Oh. I need someone to go pull some strings about these uh, these drive cycles. Like, why can't you guys yes. just make it so that we just, like, check a box on IDS or something? Well, like, even, like, a scan tools, them Duramaxes, you hit a reset button. You have to meet the, you have to meet the criteria, 
with, I think it has to be 60 degrees ambient air temp and the motor has to be cooled down and you hit the reset button and it resets it. Yeah. Like why can't we, why can't we do that with the power strokes? Why does mercury have to be in retrograde? There has to be at least three shopping carts upside down in our parking lot (laughs) facing the sun. Yeah, I, have to, I have to scratch my left ear while picking my left nostril, have my foot all the way to the floor. Well, hold on. Where is it? While Wait in till reverse. You guys. I don't know. Um, the left well, wheels like have the... to be spinning forward while the right ones spin backwards. Well, that's like the P207F code. So by the oh, time that's my, that's my yep. favorite code. How many? <clears throat> yes. Yes. That is the code. You probably got so many. I don't know how to fix this code. We've done everything with that one, didn't you? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, I hate to say it. That code is not hard to diagnose. Th- thank you. What code? Thank I missed it. What code? What code? What code? I, I would shake your hand if I could. It's okay. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Oh, okay. The one okay. I this, asked is, you about. this is my signal for you need to bleep this out. Read the fucking pinpoint test. It's your Bible. It's, it's not even that it's the Bible. Just read the fucking pinpoint test, and I guarantee you'll fix that code. I can yeah. give you a – oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just – right on, right on. Yeah, I can give you I give you a tip with that P207F code. That Knox 12 pit, or in the case of the 11 and the 12s, it would be a Knox 11 because they only had one Knox sensor in 11 and 12s. Yep. That Knox 12 pit is your best friend because it will tell exactly. you how many parts per million is coming out. So exactly. if you are to drive that truck at 55 miles an hour – at a steady rate on a flat surface. And the reason why I specify uh, a steady rate in a flat surface of 55 miles an hour, that's when the SCR system is going to be working at its peak efficiency. And you can really see what it's doing. A good truck, a good healthy truck should be emitting 10 to 15 parts per million out of the Knox 12 or less. Really? Yeah. Thank you. It's good to know. So assuming what would, I mean, are you comparing well not comparing i guess but what would one one be reading then if if that's gonna be one one is one one's gonna be telling you what comes in which is gonna vary depending on engine load oh yeah yeah um typically i see is it's about 135 150 but i don't pay too a whole lot of attention to one one um so you're seeing what a 80 percent reduction or so yeah something like that it it should be because i just go i just stick with knox 12 spid um it should be if you if you drive it at that rate you should see 10 to 15 parts per million uh another kicker about 207f it's basically the same code as p20ee but they have two different monitors and in pinpoint test rd where it tells you um look at your knox catalyst conversion efficiency that's actually the monitor for p20 p20ee that's not the monitor for 207f so rd is a little bit misleading there um because it's having you look at 20e's monitor and mode six um, if I'm not mistaken, its monitor is going to be looking at your, I think, I, I think it was, uh, I want to say your def quality or concentration. I think it was concentration quality somewhere in mode six, something like that. Um, but what you're looking for with that PID is it the, whatever the minimum value is, because there's going to be the min, max, and actual. What you want is that your actual value is going to be greater than your min. And that's what you're looking for with 207F because the, yeah, the Knox Catalyst conversion efficiency, even though RD tells you that that's the monitor for it, it's not. Hmm. Hmm. Well, see, my problem is, and I think in the 14s and the 15s, you have to have to update the PCM to do the drive cycle or the idle only. Yes. Yes. For forced idle, you do. 
See, that's that's my problem is my truck was not updated. So I myself downloaded FJDS and bought the license and I updated all my modules and it worked after that. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, um, but I'm not. Yeah, a dealership. Right. Oh, OK. So I'm just well, an independent what? repair shop. So all this was really foreign to me. Right. Or I, or I spent three hundred dollars to have somebody else come flash my truck where I just did it for 50 bucks. No right. kidding. I just bought a two day license and I don't, you can download the software for free, but you got to buy the license. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot better to go about that way. 50 bucks versus 300 bucks. I, I would have done it the way you done did it for me personally. And you know, it just sets up for now all my customers. I just have that. And that's why I'm happy it happened to my truck because now I just learned on my own truck, not spending a bunch of money versus having a customer's truck in the shop for weeks on end trying to figure it out. I actually have a video coming up um, for all of you. Well, this is actually, this podcast is going to air after this video has aired. Um, February 12th at 8.45. It's a Friday. Uh, classic Friday night PTT. We're doing an EGT sensor on a 12 uh-huh. from Cali. And... It is stuck in idle only. And this is an actual Easter egg, a bonus limp mode exit that you can only use on 2012s. Really? If, if the published procedure does not work. And I go over that in this video. Um, and for those of you that have missed it, by the time you are watching or listening to this podcast, I suggest you go back and reference this because if you are stuck in idle only mode, this may be how you're going to get out. So it's definitely a tidbit. I'm going to try to uh, premiere that one uh, because uh, a lot of people get into idle only mode, whether it's EGT stuck at 2,500 degrees, you're reductant, something with the emissions, the after treatment, something the PCM doesn't like, something, boom, you just mm -hmm. got speed limited to 50, it's going to go away, boom, now you're idle only. So that's going to be a goodie. We will talk about that with Mr. L, because uh, I don't know if you know about that one. Um, I do have some, I do have quite experience with forced idle. Um, we actually have a whole PowerPoint on that. Um, Dang. yeah, we have a whole PowerPoint with tricks and tricks. I can walk you through. Wow. Yeah, um, one thing amazing. I can, I can mention right off the bat. Um, I believe it's the EGT steps where you're trying to get your EGT sensors up to temp. I, I can't remember. It was step five or three. I think there's like two steps where you have to do that. I can't remember top to of my head. I got to look that back at DTS. But in those steps, you don't actually have to keep the RPMs at the specified RPM to get your EGT temps up. You oh, can, nah. it, it's, it, it doesn't care. You can put my foot to the floor to get EGT temps up for a drive cycle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, yeah, like, they, they, it's fine. You can do that. Like you I got think a the day, biggest thing is waiting like for that. Where it's like 10 degrees out, right? You set that thing to 1500 RPM and command it to there and walk away. It's never going to get hot enough. 10 degrees yeah it's just too cold out and i ain't got that kind of time so i just yeah. literally put my foot to the floor let it max out at three grand and let that thing sing 
Wait, you're think. doing you're you're doing the for the forced idle procedure when it's ten degrees out. How do you? Because you're no, I'm, ju I'm just saying oh. in general, right? Oh, okay. I'm just saying, like in general, it takes way too long to command RPM to like fifteen hundred degrees to get the EGTs high enough to go to the next step, right. or this, that, or the other. So, yeah, I just mat it in park and just run the truck up to like three grand and just let her sing. You are a braver man than I. That's how I get thermostats open. I put my foot to the floor. You know what? Somebody asked me. Okay, that was a good question because I really don't know. Okay, six seven thermostat. We'll put Two. a link in the description. I got it. Replacement video. Okay. Which way does the thermostat go? The gentleman said that the two thermostats, one's a blank temperature and one's a blank temperature. Does the blank temperature go towards the black or the back, and the one goes towards the front, or it does the other one? It does not matter. It doesn't matter. I always do it where I believe you know the little copper diddly that sticks yeah. up. Yeah, I always do that facing the Front? driver side. Hmm. So you're well, talking about the bleed, the bleed port? I got to think, which way do those thermostats face? Do those face? Front to back. Because it's got the triangle bolt pattern, two on the right. inside and one on the outside. I don't right. know. I just Front pay to attention to how it came out. But it shouldn't matter. Yeah, I mean. Because it's just one giant. It's an oval port like this. Yeah. It's not like it feeds from separate points on the coolant crossover manifold. So really it doesn't matter. Just don't put it in upside down. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. But no, I've never seen anything in the workshop manual that says, you know, the little bleed port has to face one way or the other. Right. Now, if it was, you know, up and down, I would say the bleed port has to face up towards the top. But, right. you know, since they're kind of flat, it really doesn't matter. We need to get uh, uh, Ryan's um, uncle on here. He has just got, or just got, he just ordered, purchased, and took delivery of a brand new 21 Ooh. F250 nice. 7.3. 6.7. Um, iconic silver? Did he get iconic silver? Or lithium gray? I, I think it's the lithium gray. It, lithium gray. Um, no, uh, DS Trucks is iconic silver. Uh, lithium gray camper package, right? Do you yep. camper package? Yep. Uh, wheel well liners, uh, XL or do you STX? What's your STX, yeah. STX. Yep. Um, really sharp looking truck. He came from a, a, a model year, uh, such as Al's. So, uh, you know, old Betty red, red truck too, seven, three, but his was crew cab, right? Yep, had a four-inch lift and 35s, 320,000 miles when he sold wow. it. Wow. Wow. Then went to an EcoBoost F-150, put 150,000 on that, and now has got a 6.7. So for those of you that are rolling in these new trucks um, and maybe curious to – ask or find out do we go to the dealer do we do the maintenance myself uh, the owner we need to get you on the show we need to talk to you we want to educate uh we have some good information on the channel regarding maintenance for fuel filters maintenance for trans maintenance what you're gonna need to know 
that Matt, Dan, myself, Al, what we do to keep these trucks on the road, and it's just simple TLC, guys. And that is something that we cannot emphasize enough. It's just TLC. Take the time Ender, to yeah. love and care. We're busy. Life's busy. I get it. Love your truck. We're busy. Love we your got truck. kids. We're busy. New bumper sticker for Aaron. Love your truck. PTT. Love your love your truck. PTT. Love your truck. <laughs> I like that. That's that gonna be a large phrase. investment. Yeah, it is. And I mean, there should be no reason why we're not taking care of it. Educating and teaching people uh, about their truck, uh, all aspects of it. Stop buying cheap oil filters. Yeah. Oil filters. I cringe, not cringe, but I just kind of go, shake my head. Buy, are you going to go out and buy the cheapest, you know, water filter at home? No. You want to drink clean water. Do the same thing to your truck. Yeah. Yeah. You could be in the million mile club for hell's sake. I mean, Al had 300. What'd you have on yours? Uh, my truck's at 276K. It's a baby I just changed oil on one today that had 270. Um, his uncle worked on a 350,000 mile six liter. Come on. These people are doing something right. No, dude, I'm telling you, the guy that did everything right was our customer with the million mile seven three that never changed his trans fluid. Really? Serious? Wow. And he had a stock 4R100 last that long? Uh-huh. He never wow. changed that it That is crazy. Once. He didn't he change drive it, it once. Wow. That's one I always talk about that, like, the seat bolster was worn off. Like the metal was literally worn down from him getting in and out of it. Wow. That's crazy. Never changed it. And he asked our lead tech once he's like, Hey, should I, uh, should I change my trans fluid? And he was like, well, when was the last time you changed it? He goes, never, never. Like, no, your truck's not going to move. If you do that. Yeah. For right. real. All the friction material is going to go straight into our drain. Oh my bucket. gosh. That's incredible. Holy for holy. I wonder what DS Trucks is doing right now. He's probably sleeping. He's probably wondering if I'm trying to convert everyone to not going to synthetic. He's like, he didn't say Matt, one thing today. Matt's probably trying to tell people not to use synthetic, and I really think they should. He actually came to the shop today. I did the uh, the PTT version of the Mirror Spot mod and did him a little uh, DP in it. Did a little deep pinning action, um, got him hooked up like mine, um, um, and he can turn those mirror spots on anytime he, anytime he pleases. Yes. We'll make sure to link his uh, info in the description. I know a lot of you guys have reached out to him talking about his 450 and all the stuff he's done with it, and um. Uh, about a snow plowing and, and, and whatnot. I just saw it today coming in the shop, that big old truck and the salter in the back and the, the plow. I mean, I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, I know I've been working at the dealer and it's been a Ford dealer. Them Ford trucks, man, damn, them things look good. I'll get caught rubbernecking going down the street. I'm like, oh, what's this guy got? What's this guy got? What's this guy got? Oh, shoot. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that right there, right there? 
I, I, I'm just obsessed with them, man. I don't know. They're just good looking trucks. And when people take care of them, by golly, man, it's even more to talk about. Uh, it gets me excited. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that I really like. And I never thought I was going to have a Super Duty, let alone work on everybody else's Super Duty. It was like, you know, I drive the trucks. Like, oh, you pretend it's yours. You know, drive it. Oh, yeah. I could drive one of these things. Well, you know what? Now I'm driving one of them. I'm part of the club. I get it. It's a super duty. Um, I understand what it's all about now. Big boy truck, big boy price, big boy parts. I'm getting no. used to it. I'm getting used to it. Um, my daughter likes it. So that's uh, definitely cool. Um, but uh, tell us what you guys think. We want to talk power strokes with you guys, whether it be... Uh, like Al 7.3, Matt 6.0, uh, we got whatever else in between, the awful 6.4 for two years. We still got to work on them. We can't say no. I got to put a delightful 4.5. Uh, I got a studded, a studded boom truck I got to do. It's waiting for me. So um, it's uh, something I we like to get, do. Uh, we need to get some guy out here that's running a transit. That's what we need. Ooh, let us three know. Anybody got, a, anybody got a 3.2 out there? Anybody want to talk three two? You got your three two, and you want to talk I'm about intrigued. your experience with it? Dude, yes. Engine wise, those things are reliable. Like we have two customers that have well over half a million miles on theirs. Really? Mm, That's mm, cool. I. They're all right. You love those things, especially the blue ones. Like you like doesn't like to work ones. on. I don't like to work on them. But, but dude, we can't. All these tips and tricks of how to work on. I know, but it hurts my hands and my arms and them zip ties, man. Oh, dude, what? What? Come on. Oh. A little tighter, little little thicker skin for them EGR coolers. There, man. Going. Well, I got to wear my long sleeves, but then I got to roll them up because when I'm going down below, I'm gonna get all coolant saturated and just. Ah. I had someone making fun of me and taking the headlight out to get that. Uh, oh yeah. Power steering cooler off. Oh yeah, most definitely. And then they made fun of me of taking the headlight out so I could pull a hose out, like a cool, like a heater hose off. Well, guess what? You can flip everything over. You don't have any harnesses or hoses in your way. Mm-hmm. Who's laughing now? Not the mm-hmm. guy with arms that aren't all cut up. Not the six. Lights me a couple bolts. Son I think. Of uh, a bean. I think the six four was the final nail when Ford said no more. Just no more. We can't Mm-mm. take it international. No more. <laughs> the six seven or no, no, you think it about design shakes it when you think about design so like what are they working on stuff five six years out okay so they were in the tail end of six liter okay then they went into production was way into six liter developed you know got with dinglings got the six four they've been working on the six seven this whole time look what they did didn't Things freaking awesome. Didn't somebody say the Man. only reason they had the 6.4 is because the 6.7 wasn't ready yet? I believe that's what happened. I that's think what that's I why they went with the 6.4. That's a, that's, I'll take that. Because you got to f- perfect what you well, want. Well, an 11.6.7 wasn't perfect. But. Well, I got some 11.6.7 rolling around. I've replaced a fair share of 11.6.7s because of the glow plug whatnot, but I got a, a lot of 6.7.11s rolling around and got no problem. Got a lot of miles on them. Yeah, um, I just sold one. Yeah, yeah, you know what's up. Um, oh, people complain about turbos on 11 to 14s for failing way too yeah. much versus the reality of it. 
Maybe yeah. that's just me. I feel like I it's, a, it's a 20 to one ratio for me of cabin chassis turbos to like pickup turbos. See, to me, it's, I had my 11, and, but I monitored the crap out of the back pressure yeah. to make sure the back pressure didn't exceed the boost like a bunch. Mm. So I, I had an alarm on my edge monitor. Anytime I'm pulling that big 44 foot gooseneck, you know, if I got above a certain pressure, I'd back her down a bit. And, mm-hmm. But it's got 193,000 miles and it's got the factory turbo yet. Damn. So I don't know. Is it because of that or what? Maybe it's just the uh-huh. Schaefer oil. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I I, uh, I passed my info along to them, so I'm, I'm waiting to hear back. Uh, you know what's another code that pop, people seem to not be able to up. figure out? 259. P259F? Yeah. I don't understand why people can't figure that one out either. Well, I, as soon as you pull that code, that should be right off the rip. You know what the hell that is. I know, but they, they, they still seem to not be able to get it. You should just see dollar signs and know that you're going to be freaking waiting a grip. You mean know that you're battling that driver's side up pipe clamp? Jeez Louise. I watched someone throw a hammer across the shop on Friday because of that clamp. Oh, sometimes having little B I T C H hands works out. But that's what I like about having these skinny, gangly ape arms. Yeah, I mean everything. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think we're gonna close it down for tonight. Um, I want to thank everybody out there listening. Uh, let us know. Definitely a good question for Matt. Uh, uh, we want to get a transit dude out here on here. Yes. Anybody please. got a transit? Let us know who's listening. If you guys are rolling a fleet of them or if somebody's servicing a bunch of them, uh, I mean, we'd like I to talk to you. know of a customer that's got quite a few. Of them. No, we, we, we're, we're, we're not dealing with that dude right now. <laughs> I'm a mute Jeff, Matt. With, with Jeff. <laughs> um, um, but I want to know uh, for you guys that are listening um, uh, to the podcasts, other than YouTube, uh, rate rate the show uh, on uh, the app that they use, so we get a little uh, feedback. See, you know what platform is working working better, and you know uh, what's getting uh, more more traction. I guess I want to. Aaron wants to go know where you guys are. Like. Go where you guys are going. So, uh, big shout out and thanks to uh, the guys who joined us today, Dan, Al, uh, Matt, and Reelan. Uh, make sure to check out my email listed above, below, somewhere here in the picture, um, and we can get you guys in the queue on the podcast on the best Power Stroke channel on the internet. Thanks so much, you guys. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Bye. <laughs>